Wherefore, I chose these things to finish my record upon them, which remainder of my record I shall take from the plates of Nephi. Words of Mormon, chapter 1, verse 5. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, how does the Mosiah First translation sequence strengthen faith? Most readers of the Book of Mormon naturally assume that Joseph Smith translated its books from beginning in 1 Nephi chapter 1 and ending with Moroni chapter 10. It may be surprising, therefore, to learn that the small plates of Nephi, 1 Nephi through Words of Mormon, almost certainly came last in the translation process after the completion of the large plates of Nephi, Mosiah through Moroni and the title page. This unexpected turn of events is due to the fact that originally, The Book of Mormon began with the Book of Lehi, which was translated onto the 116 pages that were lost by Martin Harris in the summer of 1828. When the translation resumed in April 1829, it appears Joseph Smith picked up where he had left off, namely in the early chapters of Mosiah, rather than starting with 1 Nephi. Then, after finishing Mormon's abridgment and Moroni's conclusions, Joseph translated the small plates of Nephi, 1 Nephi through Words of Mormon. This order of translation, commonly called the Mosiah First Theory or Sequence, is strongly supported by multiple lines of evidence and is now favored by a solid scholarly consensus. Besides making clear sense of the manuscript and historical data, this understanding of the translation sequence also provides fascinating and somewhat unexpected evidence for the Book of Mormon's authenticity. This is because many passages in Mormon's abridgment of the large plates refer back to content from the small plates, even though the small plates hadn't even been translated yet. For instance, in Alma 36, Alma says that he thought he saw God even as Lehi had seen him, sitting upon his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. Those words are a direct quote from the prophet Lehi found in 1 Nephi chapter 1. Those words were known to Alma, who was in charge of the small plates of Nephi, but they were not yet known to Joseph Smith when he translated Alma chapter 36. In Alma chapter 50, Mormon stated that there never was a happier time among the people of Nephi since the days of Nephi than in the days of Moroni. This is surely a direct allusion by Mormon back to 2 Nephi chapter 5, where Nephi had said that his people lived after the manner of happiness. Likewise, When the Amlicites set a mark upon their foreheads, Mormon declared, Thus the word of God is fulfilled, for these are the words which he said to Nephi. Mormon's following statement, which shows how the curse of the Lamanites also came upon the Amlicites, is an obvious and extensive utilization of 2 Nephi chapter 5. In yet another example, when Alma delivered his famous sermon on faith, he referred to the fruit of the tree of life as being sweet above all that is sweet and white above all that is white. This is a reference to the fruit in 1 Nephi chapter 8, which Lehi described as being most sweet above all that I ever before tasted, and white to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. Similar allusions to Lehi and Nephi's visions of the tree of life, as well as other content from Nephi's small plates, can be found scattered throughout Mormon's abridgment and Moroni's conclusion. While these relatively frequent textual allusions make perfect sense if the Book of Mormon was translated by divine inspiration, as Joseph Smith consistently claimed, they are difficult to explain if Joseph was simply making up its content, as some have supposed. 
This is because, under the theory of Joseph composing, rather than translating the text, he would have needed to make many detailed references back to passages that he had not yet created. Moreover, according to the eyewitnesses to the translation, he would have had to do it in a fast-paced translation setting without any working notes or reference materials. Commenting upon the allusions to the visions of the Tree of Life recorded in the small plates, literary scholar Alan Goff has argued, It seems overly complicated to posit that a whole web of allusions to these Tree of Life images is created first, and then later the coherent story that ties them all together. Likewise, in regard to Mormon's reference to 2 Nephi chapter 5, as found in Alma chapter 3, Goff explained, If the Alma passage were written prior to the 2 Nephi passage, then Joseph Smith not only would have had to remember to pen the Nephi text without being able to refer back to the other passage, but would also have had to build the specific reference to Nephi as the original source long before Nephi became the original source. All of this Joseph Smith would have to do without being able to refer to notes while composing at a rate of 3,500 words a day. Further analysis suggests the task would only have been even more difficult than Goff has proposed. Not only does Mormon's abridgment repeatedly refer to specific passages in the small plates, but it seems that some of its major narratives were specifically designed to show the fulfillment of Nephi's earlier prophecies. In other words, not only minor textual elements, but the core design and undergirding structure of Mormon's abridgment was likely based on passages that, if Joseph were just making things up, hadn't yet been written. That is a tall order for any writer. To say something of a manual laborer like Joseph Smith, who had little formal education and had never published a word in his life. This type of evidence casts significant doubt on the notion that Joseph was responsible for the content and wording of the Book of Mormon. It also helps demonstrate the Book of Mormon's remarkable complexity and sophistication. As readers carefully pore over its pages, they will be continually rewarded with insights and connections that they hadn't previously noticed. Upon reflection and pondering, they might happily discover new and unexpected reasons to trust that the Book of Mormon came forth, as Joseph Smith repeatedly claimed, by the gift and power of God. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.